Let's talk about what speaks for a direct hire, an offshore direct hire. Why should you avoid an offshore labor hire agency and just hire your people directly? Let's go through 17 arguments for a direct hire. You're listening to Australia's podcast for accountants, Tax Talks, the podcast to grow your firm. Welcome to episode 368 of Text Talks. This is Heide Robson and thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. In the last episode, we went through 17 arguments for hiring your staff through a labor hire agency. Today, let's look at the other option you have, direct hire. What are direct hire's strong points? What speaks for not going through an agency but hiring your staff directly? 17 arguments. Number one, wider talent pool. When you hire directly, you can source your talent from a much wider area, basically anywhere in the world with an internet connection, any area you choose. With a labor hire, you're limited to regional hubs where agencies have an office. So you're limited to those hubs with a radius of one to two hours of travel time in a jeepney. Take the Philippines as an example. The Philippines have 7,641 islands and two thousands of these are permanently inhabited. Most agencies are on the island of Luzon, where you have the capital Manila and then Clark in the north. And there are also some agency offices on the island of Cebu in the south. So that is two islands out of 2,000. And there might be two or three more islands with agencies offices, but you get the gist. So with a direct hire, you can source talent from a much wider area than a labor hire agency can. My staff, for example, live on a small island in the south of the Philippines, far from any agency. And they are great. I've been working with them for years. If I had gone through an agency, I would never have met them. Number two, no sign-up fee, no deposit. With a direct hire, there is no sign-up fee and no deposit. In an agency, you pay about $7,000 before your new staff member even shows up for work. You pay about $2,000 as a sign-up fee plus two months of wages as a deposit, so that's another $4,000, and then another two weeks in wages for their orientation, so that's another $1,000. So that is $7,000 before they have done anything. And yes, in theory, you get the $4,000 deposit back at the end. But of course, there are terms and conditions. The main one is that you need to give two months notice. And that is a long time to be working with a staff member who knows they're leaving. So there's a high chance that you will never see your deposit again. But with a direct hire, it is $0 to get started. Number three, no management fee. Then you have the ongoing management fee. With the agency, you pay about $700 plus GST a month in management fees. That is a full salary. If you remember, the speaker in episode 360 started on 27,000 Philippine pesos a month, which is about 660 Australian dollars a month. So the management fee for your new novice staff member is more than what you actually pay in wages. With a direct hire, there is no management fee. You just pay the wage, nothing else. That's it. Number four, lower wages. With a direct hire, you can step out of the combat zone in Manila, Clark and Cebu and go into areas that are less hotly contested. Hence, less competition and lower wages. It's the same in Australia. In Australia, the hourly rate for casual bookkeepers tends to be lower in regional areas of Australia than in capital cities. 
And the same applies to offshore staff. The wages tend to be higher in major hubs than in rural areas. Number five, less headhunting. There's a lot of staff snatching and headhunting in the regional hubs where you have a lot of agencies and companies all competing for staff with similar skill sets. You don't have that in rural areas as long as you pay a competitive wage. So there is less headhunting for your staff when you hire directly away from regional hubs. Number six, no interference. With a direct hire, it is just you and your staff. Your staff and you agree on how you want to do things. There's nobody interfering. But with an agency, you have somebody else who tells you how to manage your staff. The agency writes the rule book. And I realized this in a completely unrelated scenario. I had a sales call with the sales rep of Tua and we went through different things. And then I asked him about cancellation periods and also whether it is possible to take a staff member out of Tua against a fee, of course. And I thought these were legitimate questions, but the sales rep got really annoyed and said that this call is about Tua deciding whether I'm a suitable candidate and that they don't take everybody. And at that moment, I thought, no, mate, I clearly am not a suitable candidate. Of course, I didn't say that and changed the topic, but, but it just showed me that when you go through an agency, you have somebody else there and you might not get along with that person. For example, I definitely wouldn't have got along with that sales rep if he was my account manager. So the point I'm making is when you hire directly, it is just you and your staff member and you don't have other people muscling in. Number seven, more flexible. You might just need somebody for 20 hours a week or just for five months a year. But with an agency, it is all or nothing, full time or nothing. With a direct hire, you and your staff decide how you want to work together. You can hire people part time, casual, seasonal, whatever you agree on. So there's a lot more flexibility. And another thing, for example, is there are public holidays in Australia and there are public holidays in the Philippines. With a labor hire, you have to follow the agency. If the agency says today is a public holiday in the Philippines or in Australia and we are not working, then your staff is not working. Whereas in a direct hire, you set the pace. You decide together with your staff which public holidays are important and which aren't. So you just have a lot more flexibility with a direct hire. Number eight, your staff. When you hire somebody directly, they are your staff. But when you hire staff through a labor hire agency, they are not your staff. You train them, you develop them, but in the end, they are not your staff. Most importantly, you can't take them out of the agency. So, for example, if you decide to change over to your own office, so you, you rent your own office space, you can't move your staff out of the agency, at least not officially. You would have to cheat and lie or negotiate with them, and that probably doesn't come cheap. If the agency even agrees to that, you know, they might just give you a straight no. Number nine, you, not the agency. In a direct hire, you have a closer relationship with your staff because it is just you and them. You don't have an agency that competes for your staff's loyalty. When you hire your staff directly and somebody asks them who they work for, they will say that they work for you. But when you speak with staff working for Tour, for example, they will say, I work for Tour or whoever the agency is, to pays their wages. Do you remember the ending words the speaker said in episode 360? All her gratitude went to the agency, not her clients. She was grateful that the agency let her work on those clients. So going through a labor hire agency 
you are the client. You will never be the employer. The agency is. But with a direct hire, you are the employer. They work for you. You pay their wages. It is a much closer relationship. Number 10. Twosome, no threesome. When you do a direct hire, there are two to tango. You start with just you and the staff member, a twosome. But when you go through a labor hire agency, you start with a threesome. You have two relationships that need to work, the one between you and the staff member and the one between you and the agency. So if things go sour between you and the agency, that will also affect your relationship between you and your staff member. If you want to leave the agency, you basically have to leave your staff member. So once your setup is established, the agency holds a lot of power over you. All fine while the sun is shining, but if the going gets tough, you have a lot at stake and very little say. Number 11. Relationship between agency and staff. When you hire directly, there is no external relationship that affects you. This is just hearsay now, what I'm going to say, but at the last ZeroCon in Sydney, I have heard from several others that TOA has a lot of unhappy staff at the moment. Incorrect pay, and then it takes a month to fix the shortfall. A lot of ad hoc changes that seem to cause frustration, change of software that causes stress. And a lot of staff want to continue working from home, which toward first didn't allow, but now they allow it, but they charge a higher fee. I don't know why. Working from home should attract a lower fee, but they charge a higher fee. And apparently at the moment, when tour staff want to work from home, they have to transfer their employment contract to a different legal entity, which means loss of their benefits. So they don't want to lose their benefits, but still want to work from home. And one tour staff member who came to ZeroCon in Sydney said that it used to be cool to work for tour, but it no longer is. So there just seems to be a lot of unrest around tour at the moment. And some, I can't say how many and how widespread, but some tour clients are moving their staff members out of TOR because of all this. But that, of course, is just hearsay. It might not be correct. TOR will probably vehemently disagree. The point I'm trying to make with all this is that when you go through an agency, your staff's well-being and happiness is no longer just in your hands. You also depend on the agency to provide a conflict-free environment. And when the agency doesn't do this, there's little you can do apart from sneakily getting your staff out with a direct hire. It is just you managing the relationship. Number 12. You train your staff. When a new staff member starts, you spend a lot of time training. They will have done an accounting course so they know the basics of accounting and tax, but everything else you will have to teach them. With a direct hire, you train your own people. But with a labor hire, you spend a lot of time and resources on training people who in the end are not your staff. Number 13. No fancy training courses. Now, this point very much depends on how you feel about personal development courses and how happy you are to pay for those. When your staff work from home, training is in your hands. If you want your staff to do personal development courses, they can. But within an agency, there's a lot more pressure to pay for certain courses. Tour, for example, has a separate company that just runs training courses for Tour staff. And these training courses, of course, need to get filled. So you can be sure that Tour will do a lot of advertising for those courses among your staff. Here's the speaker, for example, in episode 360. 
advocate training, leadership trainings, personal trainings, any in, any trainings that we can exercise. When the agency offers all these courses, encourages staff to do them by telling them that this will help their advancement and everybody around your staff does these courses, it is very hard for you to say no. But these courses cost money. Course fees and wages for the staff member attending them, they cost money and time and it is you who pays all this. With a direct hire, there is no pressure. Training is a lot more targeted around your priorities. Number 14. Less comparison. When your staff is in a central office, they are surrounded by hundreds of accountants who basically do the same job, who also work for Australian accounting practices, and of course they talk. How did the speaker in episode 360, for example, know that she could demand doubling of her salary within two years, from 20,000 to 60,000 pesos a month? She would have had input from others. Some Australian accounting practices send gifts and large bonuses. Some practices fly their people to Australia once a year and wine and dine them, sightseeing cruises on Sydney Harbour and the lot. Some tour clients have flown their accounting staff to Zurichon in Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane. One accountant told me that she spent $5,500 for one of her team members to attend Zurichon in Sydney with her. And with hindsight, she said she's not sure whether... That was really worth it. Yes, it was nice, but $5,500? She didn't think she would do that again. And with hindsight, she probably wouldn't have done that. The point I'm trying to make is that in an agency, you are under more peer pressure. Other practices are flying their staff out, and so your staff is more likely to think, what about me? Where's my trip to Australia? And you might not even realize that you are under this peer pressure. You just see others doing it and think it is what one does. So, yes, there's always competition, but having them all so close right next to each other creates a hothouse of comparing and tallying up. With a direct hire, you don't have any of that. There's less comparison. Number 15. No travel time. Agency staff often travel up to two hours in a jeepney one way to get to an agency's office. Of course, that relates to the Philippines of course, it's not always a jeepney all over the world. It might be called something else. It might be a different mode of transport, but you get my point. Two hours, of course, is the exception. Around one hour is the norm, but that is still two hours a day. Two hours a day traveling on crowded public transport. Indirectly, you pay for that travel time through higher wages or other quirks, and it also affects your staff retention. Somebody with a baby at home, for example, is less likely to spend two hours a day in a jeepney. But when your staff work from home, there's no travel time and hence a higher chance to make it work when family circumstances change. Number 16. No mandatory disclosure. When you hire staff through an agency, you have to disclose this to your clients as per guidelines of the uh, tax practitioner board. If you want to know more, please listen to episode 342 with Deborah Anderson of the tax practitioner board. When you hire staff directly, you don't have to disclose that they are overseas because they are your staff, just like any other staff you might have. You might still do and tell. Maybe you feel you should, but you don't have to since they are your employees and not somebody else's. So it is your decision with a direct hire. With an agency, it isn't. With an agency, you have to disclose that staff members are overseas. Number 17. Easy parting. If it doesn't work out, in a direct hire, the two of you agree how to call it quits. 
in an agency, the agency decides how to call it quits. You have to give two months notice, you have deposits to worry about, and you have to justify your decision to the agency if you want to keep working with them. For example, because you still have other staff with them. So parting ways is a lot easier in a direct hire than with an agency. So now you have heard a lot of arguments for and against labor and direct hires. 17 arguments last week for a labor hire and 17 arguments today for a direct hire. But remember that with all this, nothing is perfect. No setup is perfect. Neither labor hire nor direct hire is perfect. So it is always about finding the better option for you, not the perfect one, because there is no perfect one. Some practice owners would never consider a direct hire and some practice owners like me or Teresa would never consider a labor hire going through an agency. Both solutions work. Not always, of course. There are pitfalls and mistakes to be made with either solutions, but you can make both setups work for you. So it is a matter for you to work out what would fit better in your practice. For example, Nathan Watt of Watson & Watt in Brisbane, who you heard in episode 358, that interview was before COVID, so quite a while ago. And back then, Nathan only had one full-time staff member with Tor. Now he has two and is looking for a third one at the moment, who is to be the supervisor of the other two staff members he already has. So basically, he's looking for a production manager to manage his team offshore. So labor hire is obviously working for Nathan, since he will have tripled his labor hire workforce within three years. Same with Charlotte Norfolk. But the same can be said for direct hire. It is also working. I went from one direct hire to five. Teresa Visala has, um, I can't remember how many staff he has now. I think he has at least eight direct hires now. So either way, it can work for you. If you're not sure what's better for you, then look at what you're doing in Australia currently. That is a good indication of what would work for you overseas. If you have a central office in Australia for your Australian staff, then you're probably better off with a labor hire agency overseas where all your offshore staff is also in one central office. But if you have everybody working from home in Australia, then a direct hire overseas should work out well for you. So if you're not sure which option is better for you, start with the one that mirrors your setup in Australia. So this is the end of our mini-series about offshore teams for now. In episode 358, we spoke with three accountants who use labor hire agencies. In episode 359, we spoke with an accountant about direct hires. And then in episode 360, you got insider information about what it is like to work for a labor hire agency. Then in episode 363, part one and two, we went through how to actually find and hire your own staff without an agency. And then last week, you heard 17 arguments for labor hire. And then today, 17 arguments for direct hire. So this is the end of our mini-series about offshoring for now, and at least for this year. In the next episode, Ben Miller of Kluver Walters will talk with you about new guidelines around the non-commercial debt provisions during pandemics and lockdowns. The ATO has issued some guidelines that make it easier to get an exemption and to avoid the non-commercial loss provisions. So that is what Ben Miller will talk with you about next week. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to class for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.